Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. This is the Cannamom Show with Joyce and Amy, a podcast where we are sharing the inspiring stories of the real women in the emerging cannabis industry. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, political activist, lawyer, and I've been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, and along with my canna sister, mom, realtor, cancer survivor, Amy Searles, we are on a mission to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. So go make a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint and come learn something new about this magical plant on the Cannamom Show with Joyce and Amy. Welcome to another episode of the Cannamom Show. Thanks for joining Yay. us again. Yay. All right. Today's guest, we're going to do an intro COVID check-in. Same old thing. Amy's favorite. Yep. yep. So thanks. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so today's guest. Today's guest joins us from LA where she lives with her grown daughter. She's here today to talk about how her work as a lifelong communicator, entrepreneur, and a person who likes to go where the action is led her to cannabis. Although her line of luxury, odor-free cannabis handbags was doing great before the pandemic, she has pivoted in this COVID era to counsel clients with cannabis crisis communication. Living with her daughter, who is not a regular cannabis consumer, has proven that generations can live together and that maybe, maybe she didn't have to hide it when she was younger. Mm -hmm. Here to talk about product development, crisis communication, and how much cannabis and parenting has changed since our kids were young 
Janine Moss, founder of Anibis Odor Free Handbags and Jay Moss Consulting. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, I'm yeah, really welcome. excited to be here. Thank you. I love <laughs> Canna Moms. It's my favorite. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, so um, quick check-in. So Dave, what's up there in uh, Pod 617 land? Yeah, the virtual studios of pod617.com. It's a beautiful 82 degrees and sunny and checking the traffic. There is no traffic. No. It's amazing. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. No, no traffic in Boston. Okay. What a uh, voice, Dave. Wow. It's wow. magical. <laughs> it does have a great voice. And Amy, what's over there in Austin? <laughs> oh, my God. It's gorgeous out. And... You know, I'm just spending every second of this nice weather outside. So the dog is living his best life. I'm outside on a paddleboard anytime I can. And I'm going to be going today. Social distance on the water and outside. It is fantastic (laughs) social distancing. And you get a great workout. You get some sun and you get a lot of peace and you see tons of nature. I've seen muskrats, beavers all different kind of birds. So and this yeah, is the middle it's of amazing. The city. Then, yeah. Like literally in the middle of the city. <laughs> oh, it's, it, there's so many great places yeah. to go, lakes, rivers. So I recommend anyone listening to uh, during the pandemic and, and beyond, go get a paddleboard or a kayak and get on the water because it's, it's so good for your mental health. And I think we need a break from looking at screens and it's nice to just see the vastness and the beauty of nature. So there you go. That's my thing. There you go. Thing. All right. So Janine, it's really about you. So let's go back to yeah, you. It's about you. Sorry. <laughs> I went off on a tangent. Well, do I get to mention about the COVID coping strategies too? Oh, we're going to go all through this. So, oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah, good. Yeah, we, you're, oh, this definitely. is really about you. So we just want to check <laughs> yes, in with us. Yes, because, yes. You know, we don't get to see each other every day like we used to. Uh-oh. I know. True. I miss so you. So let's just start with you. You've had a lot of different jobs. Um, you say you're a lifelong communicator. Uh, where did you get this open sense of adventure? Where did you get this sense that you could do anything? And how did this sort of lead you, this sort of personality, this excitement in, for life to cannabis? Oh, wow. Gosh, I know it's a big question. Sometimes it is a just, huge uh, question. Sometimes wow. I just ask for yeah. the cannabis story, but <laughs> I know you have a lot of different levels of this. So if you want to talk about the handbags first and where you're leading to, because I know you well, are doing some management and helping people right now. Actually, I, I think I'm going to bring it back to risk taking. And you, you asked about, you know, you know, where did all this come from? And really, it started when we moved to Venice Beach, California, when I was 10 years old. Nice. Beautiful. Right? I moved to Sharon Mass when there. I was 10. It wasn't great like Venice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Venice was like a hotbed of cannabis and also art and writing and political activism. And it's California and the, right. you know, late 60s and mm. protesting and all that stuff. And my right. parents tuned in, turned on and dropped out. Oh, right? so you're like opposite of life for me. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. That was not me. <laughs> well, but I'll tell you, here's the good part. The good part. So it wasn't so great to be a kid with, whose parents had done that. But on the <laughs> right, other right. hand, all the parents had done that. So all of us kids were kind of on our own. Wow. So we formed our kind of own family. And what Amazing. happened is we decided to take things into our own hand. We said, we can't believe them. We can't follow them. They're all busy doing other stuff. Let's figure out life for ourselves. And I think yeah. that's where the risk taking came from. It was 
like, okay, the rules don't really apply since they were the rule givers. And so right. now we're not listening to them anymore. <laughs> yeah. So we have to come up with our own set of rules. So we were not like, yeah. uh, what is it? Um, it's not Lord Helica. of the Flies. Lord, oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you like, you organize, well, I mean, it's, you know, I grew up, I, my kids lived in the helicopter. You know, we were over them. We had too much control over them. And I grew up in the seventies. Like now I'm a middle child in a big family and literally no one knew what I was doing ever. Like never. <laughs> so that, me neither. Wow. So that was kind of a great freedom. Yeah. Right? And it was like, yeah. yeah. And I, I just talked I had to a my ton son. of freedom myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. In Brooklyn. I went, on, I went on a boat when I was 20. My son's 21. When I was 20, I took an adventure. I took a hundred days on a program called semester at sea. Literally got on a boat. Oh, I, I went remember. around the world. Yeah. And there was no, oh, there was nothing. Nice. And as an adult of children, I'm like, no wonder my mother was freaking out. Like there was no cell phones. There was no way to communicate me. I'm just like off in the world, a girl off in the world. So I, I yeah. just, again, I, maybe it's, it's our different generation. times now. It's different. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was a, I was a bit of a helicopter mom because, you know, you react to the not oh, yeah. having any <laughs> guidance. Right. And so now right, you want right. to give it, but I'm, you know, I, I tried to moderate it. I got myself, I read lots yeah. Of, I read every psychology book known to humankind and child rearing book because I didn't want to do what my wow. parents had done. And so I was kind right. of midway. But but here's where the cannabis comes in, right? Yeah. So they're turning on, tuning on, and dropping yeah. out. And, you know, the truth is we were all consuming cannabis back mm -hmm. then, even as teenagers. And I, I don't recommend it, but we did it. And one of the good things about that, um, and it was, I think it's pivotal, pivotal in my life, was that I realized that we all had different realities. <laughs> <laughs> what, exactly. what you saw was not what I saw and, and, and mm. they were equally valid. Exactly. And so that changed my whole perspective on the world. Right. And you were young and, and that you were able to access that. I, I mean, I think that's really the yeah. problem today. You know, I, I do talk about the prism of sight that only people can only see so much and they only know so much. Our brains are just filled with what we fill it with. So this idea that, you know, I mean, that's part of the traveling, traveling, going outside yeah. your comfort zone, Literally Absolutely. makes you see that there's a million ways to be alive and that the way I live, right. a lot of it was given to me, given to yeah. you, whatever, you know, a lot of it, oh, right. choice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's not one right way. Exactly. But that's, yeah. you have to learn that. I think that's something you have to learn. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I had my first job. I, I was an, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. Mm -hmm. And my very first uh, uh, moneymaker was I was, I sold snakes on Venice beach to the hippies. <laughs> wow. That <laughs> was that on your resume? That like a snake seller. <laughs> no, that's one of the things where, you know, what, what does nobody know about you? That's, oh yeah. That's one of those. Oh, that might have to oh, be settle your show. Charmer. Snake charmer. <laughs> and speaking of, of, so my mom was super adventurous. She was a big uh, animal person. And by the way, when I was uh, 17, she sailed, she left Venice and sailed around the world like three times. So, wow. Wow. so you do come from sailing. Yeah. I come from a risk-taking, no rules yeah. kind of family, right? So, so in I a way, you're probably, you're probably more constrained. You're probably more conservative than they would expect. Maybe. Are you? I mean, you, you run businesses, so you have to have well, that kind of mind. Let's structured. put it this way. I, 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 you know what shot has shocked me more than anything? Uh, I don't know if they were shocked by it, but I've worked for the most conservative companies in the world. You know, mm. the Accentures, the HPs, the Booz Allens, and the Department of Defense. Mm. I, worked, I had an office at the Pentagon yeah. for a year. So you're talking to a pretty big maverick who was yeah. brought in and I thought I would be, you know, slaughtered within minutes of going to the, right. to any of these places, but I was able to get along. And I think that was also from all the different 
experiences, right? I, I, so I saved money. I went to Europe when I was 17. I saved enough money to go. Nice. I dropped out in my high school in senior year, um, but they let me finish when I came back. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, um, you know, so I, I really took a lot of risks. I went and I saw a lot of different ways of being, and I really do right. um, credit, even though there's a yin and a yang to it, this whole, uh, the culture of cannabis that existed back there in the 60s. I think and that's it really, yeah. it opened our minds to, we didn't just have to accept things. It's when the wellness started, right? Mm -hmm, we hold right. holistic healing. People were saying, wait a second, this pharma medicine is maybe not what uh, they're claiming it is. And it turned out mm -hmm. that it wasn't. And we said, right. hey, food. We don't, I grew up on tricks. That was my favorite food, tricks and you know, lucky charms. Madrid, um, Madrid. Do people drink, eat that anymore? I love like. cereal. <laughs> but then as I got, you know, in the 60s, we were like, no, wait, health food stores. Remember, there was a thing called a health food store. Oh, yeah. Instead of just a food store. Yeah. yeah. Right. Of, right. Now it's it was food. special. Special food. It's just food. Yeah. I know. That's so, funny. you know, all of those that things started in the 60s, and I think they started because people started questioning what was being handed down to us politically, right. with the wars, from food standpoint, from medicine standpoint, and from a belief standpoint that we should, as people, protest things that were wrong. And as right. young people, we were going to have to take control of this. And, we, and, and that's kind of where we are today, isn't it? But, I think you know, we're back. Yeah. So, I, oh so I, I, went to I went to college in the 80s. Uh, Reagan was coming in. My, I'm a younger sibling, so I thought it was going to be more like the set. Like I watched all those protests, and my mom had that sign: "War is bad for children and other living things." You know, <laughs> my dad, my dad supported Nixon, but I thought college was going to be like, yeah. And I was an anti-nuclear person. I was all that. Right. It was the most conservative place I've ever been in my entire mm -hmm. life. Like it was very strange for me to be an activist in a time when activism was um, degraded, really. And mm -hmm. I can see it's starting again. Like those, it's the young people. They have yeah. the energy. They have right. um, the um, set up. They have the they have the drive. You know, right. it's just it's interesting to see it coming back. It's kind of for me. It's exciting. <laughs> well, and the and the world belongs to them. You yeah, know, as Obama said in his speech, and it's funny because they said, oh, my oh. gosh, Obama's, you know, pointing out the, the leadership in America is bad. And I said, no, any, any graduating class needs to hear that in any time. The world right. belongs to them. You can't right. just blindly follow whoever's leading. You have to question leadership. So yeah. even though I agree with them, I mean, I agree that, it, and I personally agree about the administration, um, <sighs> but that doesn't really matter. What matters is that young people think for themselves, take over the responsibilities and, um, you know, prepare the world that they're going to be living in. This is my, this is my whole, I, so I have two college kids. They're uh, 18 and 21. Uh, both of them were like evacuated from Spain and Arizona in the beginning of March, whatever. I complain right. about this endlessly. I believe in education. I believe in the transformative power of education. I have a ridiculous amount of education and I ran for a school committee seat. <laughs> But our entire higher education system has got to implode. It yeah, is done. For sure, for I think sure. those kids have to do service. Our children, mm. the young people of this country have to do service. And look at all the things that old people do that they cannot do anymore because of COVID. They can't volunteer at all these voting stations anymore. They can't serve right. food to poor people. They can't do anything. And we have right, an entire yeah. generation of people who need help financially, who need uh. help connecting to each other. And they have to serve our country. Serve yeah. in a way that makes them feel connected. And then they will be able to heal us together because they will be connected that's so that's my big idea 
I, no, I love I, that I, idea. And That's I also a great think, idea. I think the future is trusted communities that we build with like-minded people. Um, mm -hmm. Just like even now, as we come out of, as we start to emerge from the COVID lockdown, we see people who we trust were also quarantined and who respected it. We see people who were wearing their masks, who we can trust to stay six feet from us when we go for a walk. Right, mm -hmm. so there's good. We're going to build trusted communities, and and that's where these kids are going to come in. That's what they're going to do. I also think the entire education system is going to get thrown on its ear uh, oh, yeah. as a result, which is great because it wasn't serving everybody, right? Nope. And to your point about, uh, you know, I think apprenticeship will come back big time. Oh, and my my son's a musician, so this is one of those things. He's been doing this since he was two, and he mm -hmm. he's he was supposed to apprentice with a luthier this summer building guitars that's in, in addition to music you know and these are things you don't need to go to college for these are things you need to just do even music you right. just have to do it yeah so i yes. think apprenticeship again in that two-year hiatus you know getting into college is ridiculous the pressure is absurd it's right. expensive and unnecessary totally. so expensive those yeah. two years could teach our young people things that they do actually like to do and what they really need to get in higher education for and what they need to find a mentor for or maybe what the combination is this is uh, it's just radical right. and it's exciting to me that we could change it because it was just the system's broken and we're, we're burdening young people with debt and it's unnecessary and it's not helping us. It should be helping yeah. us. Nope. <laughs> yeah. well, right. You know, um, in the, in the momming category, one yeah. thing that I didn't know, uh, and I'm sorry that I did, uh, to my daughter was as she grew up, I was like, you must get an education. You must. Oh, yeah. Um, and if you don't get good grades now, you'll not get into a good college. And if you don't get into a good college then you'll never get a great job and blah, oh. blah, blah. Well, that was BS, right? Uh -huh. BS. All <laughs> Total BS. And, and also, it scared the crap out of her. I mean, she yeah. spent all this anxiety about her whole life would be destroyed if she didn't get a good grade because then all these other chain reaction things I would know. happen. Why the hell are we burdening right. our kids with that message? Right. I, I have I a 12-year-old, I, I know, and I'm not pressuring him. I good. will not do it. You know, good. he's 12. You know, let him do his work, you know, what he's learning now, you know, is it really yeah. going to help him? But, I mean, it, it, honestly. It's, a it's a transformative <laughs> moment in our entire country. So let's go it back is. to you. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. We all, we Zero all pressure. Um, so yeah. 2016, is that when you went to New York or is that when the... That's when I moved back to California. Okay. So like, how so, did that work? How did you get back? How did you develop these products and what happened at MJ Biz? Hmm. How did this all so come about? So as you hear, I'm a uh, long, I'm, I'm a lifelong risk taker. I've started a bunch of different businesses. I'm always attracted to stuff that hasn't been done before. I helped reposition New York City. There was a day when New York, I moved to New York City in my early twenties because I was oh, nice. in, I, I got into advertising after an entrepreneurial venture and I thought, oh, this is really interesting interesting for me, communications. And so I, I started doing advertising, all different stuff, moved back to New York City. Um, you know, I'm just fast forwarding, you know, help turn New York City around, which was like a blast. Um, mm, yeah. uh, worked, worked for the September 11th fund. Uh, that had never been done before, really wanted to do something to help. It was really meaningful. So I've always been involved in these kinds of things. And I've always been, a, I'm a lifelong cannabis consumer, right, mm -hmm. from my early days. And so, you know, I watched as this industry turned from something that was so uh, underground mm -hmm. to something that was really being, having a light shine, shined on it. And I've always been a believer. So I thought, you know, as I saw it, I thought, this is really happening. And 
I know there's a lot of women there and there's nobody talking about women back when I started and this was 2014. There were no surveys that said there were any women consuming cannabis. Nothing. No. Oh no, and, and it, it, it's such like a, it's absurd the stigma and this idea. And like, I mean, this is the this is the essence of the show is that right. you know we are living in an anomaly in history. Women my age and older are literally the people who know the least about this because we were told, especially from my you know you're in California, your world is a little bit different. But my era, yeah. you know, you smoked a joint, you went to jail, and you were killing brain cells. Right. right. We're scared of it. And it's very yeah. hard to change your mind. And I know that we benefit the most just from personal experience and seeing my friends mm -hmm. and meeting this. So this is such an important yeah. topic for health and wellness of us. We're the caregivers yeah. of people. If we go down, a lot of other stuff goes down too. That's but right. what, and what, what yeah. really stimulated yeah. me at that time was I was I'm, I have always been and will always be pissed off when women are overlooked. <laughs> I yep. hate it. And I've done mm -hmm. a lot of businesses that relate to that. Um, I in the travel women were traveling for business in the 80s like crazy I was too and every hotel was like a dark mahogany steak bar and they had <laughs> shoeshine machines and nothing for us and the, the healthcare club was you only big, you had to wear big yeah. shoulder pads if you want I to have, in. I <laughs> have um, <laughs> but bottom line, and this has always made me mad right <laughs> this stuff so when the cannabis stuff happened I thought where are we I mean I'm, I'm one and I know a million women just like me even in New York in the restrictive environment that we were in that we knew when when everybody was drinking and we saw a group of people going out to the balcony we knew we better get out there with them oh yeah you know? and and we <laughs> well, were there that's amy's world <laughs> <laughs> so always I, I was really mad that um we were not recognized yeah. so i said screw that i know we are and i know we all, exist <laughs> women grow just got started Right. Oh, okay. So, so I ran over to Women Grow and I went, "Hey, you know, I'm here too." And then I and and you know, uh, uh, so so I'm out with a, a group of women, and we were we were going we were part of a city council effort, and we we were in some beautiful Mercedes and everybody's very upscale and we went to see. Um, uh, Paul Reiser, stand-up comedian. It was like a, Nepal. City, yeah. a city council thing, right? Okay. We're all going to go. So we're in the car and we're about to go in and somebody says, hey, I happen to know everyone in this car uh, consumes cannabis. Y'all want to have a smoke before we go in. So everybody goes, yes. So <laughs> we course. park the car, right? <laughs> Has everybody noted that question? No, no, thank you. <laughs> so, no. so we're all, well, you know, she knew we all did. So, yeah. so we're digging yeah. in our purses, right? And we've got coach bags and Louis Vuittons and Gucci bags and Everybody's going, hey, get, everybody finds out we're pulling out baggies and who's got a lighter. Nobody has a lighter. And so, if I, you know, you have paper. So finally we get it all together. We, we, we have a nice smoke. And now we're sitting in a hot box car and we all <laughs> smell like cannabis. And everybody goes, oh, shit, we can't go in there like this. We, who has a mint? Who has some perfume? Who has, you know, you know so we're now we're pulling it's a whole all that thing. crap it's, out. It's right? all futile. It's futile. Yeah. No. So we're pulling all that crap out. <laughs> and then I said, you know, you guys, this is all rolling around in our purses. Don't we just need a kit like to have all this stuff together? And yes. everybody goes, hell yes. Hell so yeah. I go, okay, tomorrow I'm going online. I'm going to find us all one. I'll let you know. So I go online the next day. And all I find is things with Bob Marley, the Jamaican flag. They're made out of, you know, know. like burlap and so ugly and ugly we did not you want could, to put those in our purses you could find yeah. handbags that can carry guns i mean in 2014 okay. but oh, find yeah. something for That's cannabis true. you couldn't because i got and one by, by mistake true. 
I got my mistake. <laughs> I have to tell you that the gun people have contacted me and they want me to make a, a bag for guns and cannabis. Both. <laughs> oh, that's so, perfect. I'm just saying they like to hide things. So cool. Um, yeah, what a duo. <laughs> but They're you know, better than alcohol. Alcohol and cannabis. I mean, alcohol and guns are worse. So. For sure. That's I think sure. you're so right. Yeah. You're so right. Make that. Make so, that. <laughs> but but I want to make the point that yes, yes. Um, carrying your cannabis in style is not about hiding. It's not because we're ashamed. It's not because we, you know, it's that it's our business and we want to share when and where and how we want. Right. Yeah, so we just yeah. want to be in control of the situation. And you want to yeah. also be able want it to be convenient and you want to be able to live your life your way and incorporate cannabis in it the way you want. This cannabis is a thing that we do, not a thing that we are. Exactly. That's beautiful. I realized that that we didn't have anything. I realized that there were lots of women. I realized that nobody knew we were even there. I got angry as usual and decided to create it. Right. So I had a business partner. We started it. We went to uh, women grow events. We talked to women. We traveled to California. We hit the, I was living back East, went to all the dispensaries, you know, uh, uh, just talked to millions of people about what they want. And it was that research and that experience that led us to create like three sizes we did a small which was kind of like a pencil case and it was it's odor proof and it's got an odor proof zipper and it has a compartment for you to separate things then there was a medium size for people who like to carry more stuff and it had more features and still does you know different compartments that enable you to stay organized and then people women told us we want just give us a purse that we can yes. carry around, right? And <laughs> yeah. so we created a purse and we actually we created different styles of purses so that you could go to a club, you could go to a festival, you can mm-hmm. go around all day and have everything that you want for, and, and, and all of us, I mean, everybody that I've spoken to, we don't just do one thing. We don't just smoke. We don't yeah. just have an edible. We usually, maybe we vape sometimes, sometimes we smoke, sometimes we do ed- edibles. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of cannabis drinks now. Yeah, so, it's a potpourri. Right. Of, we consume in different choice. ways. And I felt yes. like going through your bag and be at the bottom, be like, this is a gummy. It's in the bottom in the corner. <laughs> yeah. And I so, can use this. This is fine. <laughs> and little stuff <laughs> is stuck to it, right? And the, and lovely. Your, your J has leaked off into the bottom of your purse. Like, and we Story of my stories, life. Right? And where, yeah. where do all the lighters go? Where are all the lighters? They go with I the socks. Know. Well, you know, by having a place for a lighter, at least you know it's not there, right? It takes a type A stoner <laughs> to know what we how to manage your life. For example, yes. never pack for a trip when you're high. Right. That's one of my rules. Don't oh, I do like it. that idea. No, don't do it. You're right. No. You're going to forget something and it's going to, yes, you're not going to wind up anything. You're going to get there and you're not going to have any underwear and you right. know, whatever. Exactly. It's just going to be bad. You'll, that is sound advice. You'll have I love eight, that. Eight t shirts and like no pants or something. Right. I've done it. I've done it. No. No. So those were the, you know, was that women told us stories like, uh, you know, I went into a, my conference room and we were having a conference call and all of a sudden the scent of cannabis oh, yes. wafting out and she, and everybody's looking around, where is it coming from? It's coming from her purse where the button got, oh, that happened to you too. So it happens all the, the time. The button gets pressed and next thing you know, you're, you know, everybody knows what you're up to. So oh, totally. all of these things we designed for. And then, then, so you take these things and then you be a woman, right? Because I think, I don't know 
what men are designing handbags, but they shouldn't because they don't know what it's like. They don't know how we use our purses, how we're talking on our phone, we're pulling out something, our, our you know, our uh, day, day timer, or you need a drink of something and your purse is hanging there. You've got to be able to function in multiple <laughs> totally. ways. And this has to be a facilitator of your life. Right? I know yes. that. Although, although I, I haven't left the house in so long, my purse is sitting oh, there and like I leave the house I, I have like, what do I need? Why do I carry a bag? How do I do this? Put it over my shoulder? <laughs> well, <that's laughs> on my really, arm? Yeah. <laughs> I've been wearing really, backpacks. Backpacks I, I, have been I actually good like backpacks because they like keep me. Or, that's yeah. been very useful on my mm-hmm. long walks. And yeah, that's true. You've been to I like I like yeah. waist bags. And notice I'm not calling them <sighs> fanny packs because I don't like the immediate stigma of fanny pack, right? Yeah, waist so bags waist are bags, great. And as long as they're styled right so that you look good and stylish with them. Totally. You yeah. know, that it's the hands free is the way to go. Yeah. Right? I agree exactly. with you. Yeah. Be hands free. That's so yeah. All right. So, so we actually like, I, I need to like get through your story. I can't, <laughs> we just talk about so much. All right. So you're doing these handbags. We need a two hour show. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, would listen. I don't know. Maybe they would. <laughs> so you're doing the handbag thing. So this is. 2016. Did you end up going back to California in yeah. 2016? So, so what I was happened? selling my house and I said, well, wait a second. I'm a, I've been a remote worker for 15 years with all these clients, with all my clients, my marketing clients. I don't have to live in back East. Yeah. We're and, like ahead of the curve, all of us. Like yeah, I've been asking and, how you do this. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a little sick of the weather back there, to be honest. And my it daughter sucks. is in California. <laughs> right? She's been out of the house for you know, a number of years by then. And, um, you know, and I missed her. So I thought, and my family's out here. So I thought, you know what, time to go back. So I moved to, I wanted to go to LA because it's a hotbed of cultural evolution in the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. And I'd already met a lot of people in the industry, but there's just so many. So oh I have God, to tell yeah. you, it was <laughs> the most fun thing ever. Yeah. to move back to LA. I will never yeah. forget moving Highlights to Park, yeah. <laughs> which is right across from Green Dot Dispensary, right. which is right next nice. to a BevMo, which is right <laughs> next to Gelson's, which is, you know, right next to a Starbucks. So it's like, oh my God, oh, what more do you need? So totally. I, I move into my apartment. I go walk across <laughs> the street. I go to Green Dot. I sign up. I get some cannabis. I come back to my apartment. I go sit on my balcony and have a joint. I mean, it was revolutionary, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah, you've been in New York, yeah. So this was, yeah, right. I know exactly. Like, yeah, 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 oh yeah, yeah. So it was the greatest thing since sliced so bread. Normal. At which point, I started I going to all the events that everybody has. I was invited oh, yeah. to tea parties. You know, I was meeting uh, where where the hostess would just have a big bouquet of cannabis stuff as well as alcohol and other stuff, and we'd just sit outside and have a smoke or have a drink and sit by the fire and tarot read and tell stories it was the most fun ever that and, sounds amazing and then the industry stuff so that was just the consumer stuff a person right. just average having fun yeah california yeah. yeah but then yeah. there's also the industry stuff and so you go to a conference yep. and you know there's a the the exhibit hall and great it's got tons of cannabis stuff in it and you're learning about new things and that's really fun but then you go outside to where everybody goes out used to go out and have a cigarette and there's millions of people out there smoking cannabis and how fun is that and they the it's lovely the cocktail party isn't alcohol i mean they usually serve alcohol but most of the right. people are having some cannabis yeah. it's 
this camaraderie fun. is the best. Yeah. It's so like fun. so we so we went to Vegas this year. Amy was like, the, and I've been going to conferences oh for a couple of years. Uh, so mm-hmm. someone once told me that cannabis years are like dog years. Yeah, they so, are. <laughs> so I've been doing this for almost three years now. So I feel like I got a lot under my belt. And Amy's a little bit more new at this, and she went to her first conference in November. I mean, oh. December. It was amazing, amazing right? So eye-opening. Yeah, I've never been around so many women smoking weed. Seriously, I'm in Boston. You know, I have a few friends, but it, there's nothing organized like this. And it was just an amazing experience to see women of all ages, professions, everything, the gamut. And we were all just chilling, smoking our own joints and having fun and talking. And it was lovely. And they're laughing. They're they're big now. Like MJ Biz had a crazy number of people. Is that what the first one? Something like 20, 20,000, 25,000 this year. Yeah, it was enormous. When I started, when you started, yeah. I launched at MJ Biz in 20, at the end of 2015, there were 5,000 people. Wow. Wow. MJ Biz was fun. But the women's conference was amazing. That was great. But the MJ BizCon, you know, good for business, very male dominated, you know. Yeah. As a dude, dude, well, but that's why we're uh, to get the dudes out. (laughs) Not to get the dudes out, not to get them out. But okay, I am a woman of the same era. I've spent way too many years of my life being told I had to be meaner or less compassionate or less collaborative because I'm a divorce attorney. And all the things that I thought were nice about me were diminished really like literally right. and i'm right. and i'm sick of being the only woman in a room like honest uh, god i'm sick of being the only woman at a table and yeah i just this i'm elevating women's voices i know women, there's a whole totally. army of women like us like literally there's yeah. an entire army of women like us and we are again like that thing take ownership we're the micro leaders we're the just we're doing this we don't care what people say we're doing it especially the women in this industry mm-hmm. they it is mm-hmm. so hard to be in this industry and those women who are staying in it like you and anyone else who's in this are just they're fighting the banking they're fighting stigma they're fighting everything just, just um you know patriarchy patriarchy like everything Ugh. on top of each other and you're still in it i just find yeah. that amazing <laughs> Well, we can't. Yes. Listen, we, we opened a lot of doors. I'm a baby boom generation. We opened a lot of doors. We worked really hard. We worked our way up. We worked a hundred times harder than anybody else to get where we went. Mm-hmm. We accepted a lot of stuff that nobody would accept today mm-hmm. um, to get where we are. But the good news is we raised the bar. And now the um, women who are coming behind us have less far to go to get to equality, I think. And one of the things I'm really glad you're doing this, but one of the things I'm doing also in my, because I agree with you, I think women are key. We need our voices because we're only, we're, we're only utilizing 50% of the capacity of our human capital, Mm -hmm. if you will, you know? (laughs) And so I'm involved in women's leadership uh, programs that are pointing out the benefits of what women bring to the leadership party. And it's those things that you mm. talked about. It's compassion, it's collaboration, oh and boy. it's a, you know, uh, you, and, and we don't have to say that we don't want what the men are bringing. No. They're bringing something important, <laughs> exactly. but we need to, we need to bring in what we have to offer. And, and I'm also not saying that we have all those, because I'm a woman, I have all those qualities, no. but right. because right. of our conditioning over many, many years um we're we're more predisposed to them i think i, I'm I, more... think, I, I think it's a caregiving like i am not, I'm I, not agree. I had a baby yeah. my third year of law school mm-hmm. i was pregnant took the bar you know i am i have no bind body connection and i am not a fuzzy warm person naturally yeah <laughs> but, me neither <laughs> whatever i had a kid and then i had another kid and i had yeah. to learn how to do that thing i had it's like your right. brain something happens in your brain like it, it does not my natural. and 
because we, you know, I have a vagina, so I'm a woman. And so a lot of things were assumed about me growing up, right? That's kind of the only reason. And I kind of, all, in my generation, we disproved a lot of it. We went, you know, half my right. law school class were women. My friend, yeah. Mamar Haley, who was my classmate, is now the attorney general of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. But half of my law school class who are women, half of those women dropped out because it was so hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no way to go. Yeah. It okay, but it's, it's caregiving. It's like right. if, if, if right. I, we could get to the point of education. We Just because you have different anatomy doesn't mean you can't do it. But the children thing, caregiving, taking care of people, it, it takes a lot of work. Life. And this era, this thing in history, this is showing us how important it is, caregiving. Yeah. Humans right. don't take care of themselves. Well, right, you so, know, yeah. like on, on my, I do a guided meditation in the morning. I've done it for the entire mm. time of COVID and I love it. Ooh. And he was, uh, today he said, okay, I keep in that. mind somebody you love, right? Mm. And then take that and apply it to some other people. Hmm. It was really, really powerful thing. And that's where I think ties into the caregiving in the childhood. Like yeah, once love you that. love something as intensely as we love our kids, you can understand what love is, right? In a different oh, yeah. way. Absolutely. And you can apply it to other people and you can be so much more generous towards them and compassionate towards them because okay. our kids, you know, they're, they can do the same. They can be screaming as loud as the kid next door, but it's okay when it was our kid, right? <laughs> right, right. Well, or you right. had to deal with it. So right. let's, go, let's go to your daughter because okay. actually we're running up on time. I can't okay. All right. Let's you and your daughter. So when your daughter was younger, you had a different relationship with your parents. How did you manage this and what is it like now? Well, the whole thing with my daughter is I, I was always preparing her for her for independence. That was right. always my idea. Yeah. If they leave um, you, you've done a good job. That was my right. father's mantra. Well, and that, <laughs> you're, that, that you're equipping them to make the decisions that they can make yeah. when you're not there. To be right? humans mm. without you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I really focused on that and I focused a lot on um, give and take. You know, if we can go to Bergdorf Goodman's, I'll take you to FAO Schwartz after. Yeah, so that was, right. so we have a, really, <laughs> a very cooperative, collaborative relationship. Oh, I like great. that. Yeah. Uh, but, growing up, up. <laughs> <laughs> but growing up, I didn't want to, I didn't want anybody consuming anything, frankly. I just wanted mm. them focused on participating in life, yeah, learning right. as much as possible and being good people, right? Yep. So I just mm -hmm. didn't want That's anything. It. So I just said to them about everything. I said, no, no alcohol, no drugs. And, and if you don't do any alcohol and drugs, um, Without my permission, if I give you permission, that's okay. But without my permission, if you don't uh, consume any of these things till you're 21, we'll buy you a car. Oh my hmm. God. <laughs> wow. I so, wow. Okay. Amy's writing that down. It, it, it worked with one out of three. So I'm not going to give it the highest marks. However, uh, what it did do in my case with my daughter is she would ask me, like I would let them have a drink it, as right. they got older. They could have Shabbat. They could have a glass of wine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, that's nice. That, you know, or on my birthday, I, when I brought in a mixologist, I let them all have a drink. You oh, know? And, then, um, and then I got caught when my daughter was 18 and I got oh. a, it was hilarious. <laughs> so my mom was coming over and I had to have a smoke before she got there. I just had oh, to. Of course. Yeah, we all know that. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, me too, mom. So, I sneak out on the porch. I, I consume some, I smoke some pot. I go, I go, I brush my teeth. I, and now I need an excuse to not drive to go get mom. Cause usually I would drive. So I, right. I and I was going to make my daughter drive. So I get a glass of, I get some alcohol, you know, I mix a drink and I put it on my desk and I, my daughter comes in and I go, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just having a drink after work. You're going to have to drive over to mom's. And she goes, 
I smell smoke. And I go, well, as you know, once in a while when I'm drinking, I have a cigarette. And she says, not that kind of smoke. And I go, okay, well, it is true. I do smoke some marijuana sometimes. And she said, how often? And I go, well, just like once a week or so. And she says, double that. <laughs> so exactly. I know. She knows. She knew. <laughs> she knew. So I said, I said, okay, so sometimes I consume cannabis. It's not so bad. And she's right. really mad and she flounces out, right? Wow. And she comes back about 15 minutes later and she says, okay, well, let's talk about this. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> we had a conversation about it. I explained to her my cannabis use and then it was okay with her. She, uh, you know, I had never said it's a terrible yeah. thing and that right. nobody should ever do it. And right. I had never said it's the devil's weed. Right. I had just said. <laughs> the devil's lettuce. Sorry, that's what I was going for. <laughs> yeah, I, know. You know, yeah. I never said any of that stuff. So it right. wasn't like I right. lied. Uh, and right. I also hadn't directly said I never consumed it. Nobody had ever said, mom, right. did you smoke pot? So I'd never said that, that so either. I had lied. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. So we got past it and she's not a huge consumer, but she's come right. to use it for medicinally, honestly. You know, oh, she's wow. she broke her leg really heavily. That's how we Ooh. started living together. She had a, ver it. a really bad uh, ice skating accident and broke her leg in a oh. bunch of places and rods and pins and all that stuff. Oh, wow. oh my and God. So sorry. Really, we didn't want her to be on opioids. Which right? is like, I, I think this is the mantra we have to get out there that, you know, they're going to pass you the opiates. They're going to give you the That's stuff right. at the hospital. My son had a um, wisdom teeth out. They gave him a, a gallon of ice cream and a prescription for opiates. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, crazy. I'm like, I don't well, think he needs it. Yeah. If it was <laughs> too normalized. Ice cream and some cannabis, they'd be talking our language, right? Exactly. That's give right. Them, like, give him some edibles. Give him some cannabis ice cream. Right. There's a million <laughs> other things besides opiates. Well, oh, well I will say in the early days, there wasn't. We needed, you know, she needed everything. She needed to be. No, yeah. I know. There's, I, know there's a, I know there's a spectrum of needs. Right. But just the idea that cannabis can't even be an option is just, it, well, it's, it, it's like yeah, a moral issue so. at this point. Like well, that's how we weaned her. And, and actually, yeah, I had had right. a hip replacement, and that is how mm. I weaned myself. They, they sent me every kind of, they gave me a huge bucket of opioids. And within a couple of days, I wasn't enjoying my convalescence, and I had planned on enjoying it. So right. I just started, um, you know, instead of two, I took one and then I'd smoke a joint. Then yep. I'd smoke a joint instead of taking the other one. And next, I, within like three, four days, well, maybe four or five days, I was completely yeah. off the opioids. Yeah, and that's good. It was, and that's what we did with her too. It's yeah, it's right. smart. So, okay, so I'm actually, we're coming up on time for our break. So this has been great talking to Janine Moss of Anibus Bags and J Moss Consulting. We'll be back on the other side of this spot with um, Amy's favorite things and some... Maybe words of wisdom from our guests. So we'll be right back. All right. So what we want to talk about today are the My Jane products. And Amy and I um, each got a box, which we are going to be talking about in a minute. But I wanted to say the first thing I noted about the My Jane products, which are really special, these CBD products that are curated by women for women and are supporting women businesses, is the beautiful smell. Amy, when's the last time you got a box and you open it up? It was so fragrant. Oh, <laughs> I know. It, it was a lovely coconutty, vanilla-y, just a lovely scent. I love it. I have it on my hands right now. I have uh, the cocoa canna hemp oil body butter. So that's one of the products that's in there. Oh, and that's all one of the products in the box. And oh. there are lots of different, so these are all, they're different products that are curated by my Jane. They had, um, right. so you were, you, you had the girlfriend box. So it's kind of curated I, yeah, towards like, um, like if you have like a friend, you want to give something to a friend or like a wedding gift. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Birthday gift 
just a thank you gift. Anyone that's interested in CBD and you know doesn't know what product to get, this is absolutely perfect. So what kind of things are in there? Like how many things do you think? Maybe six things? No, there's like 11 or 12 items in there. And there's also this gorgeous piece of jewelry. So I guess each box gets a different piece of jewelry and it's called uh, Purpose. And Purpose, so every time you buy a box and you get the jewelry and the proceeds, go to this organization that helps women, uh, girls uh, that were trafficked. Yeah, sad. Yeah. It's so sad. And they make the jewelry. And I just feel like this is such a great way of like helping. You know, and, you get to shop and and, and, it, and within and in the package actually I think there's a, a little note that says the girl or some a connection to the actual girl who you're made the, yes. the jewelry. So it's 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 a nice connection. So it's a it's a high end box. Lovely. The box is very oh. solid. My friend oh my who was just on said you could probably use the box of the stash box afterwards if that's your thing. I think it's a it's a perfect <laughs> stash stash box. It's absolutely perfect. And we're talking about this a lot. So why don't you yes, go yes. To, in our notes? We you can go to the My Jane um, mm-hmm. link in our notes or um, yep. check out their website. And if it's something that you're interested in, you can get a full box. You can get it for yourself. You can get it for a friend. You can get a product within it. So let us yep. know what you think because the Canon Mom Show we like these products and we want to share them with you. We are back with our guest, Janine Moss. Um, we are going to go to Amy's favorite thing, which is, well, we'll find out in a second. And then we're going to get some words of wisdom about crisis management in this time of COVID. And that's to show people. I can't believe it. So, Amy, what is it your favorite thing this week? It went so quick. Well, it has to be these amazing bags from Anibis Style. So if you go to AnibisStyle.com, so it's cannabis without the C. And she makes, Janine Moss makes these gorgeous bags. They're smell proof and they are actually, they're just gorgeous. Like something, like one of them looks like a Rebecca Minkoff with the studs, like really just gorgeous. Something that I would. How many different sizes are there? There's several. Janine, do you want to tell? Yeah, Janine, yeah, you tell us about your bags. There's three different sizes. There's like a small, medium, and large. Large mm-hmm. is a purse. And the other two are either wristlets or something that goes in your tote bag or in your purse. And what are they made and, of? What, what's the they're made of leather. Okay. Um, I, do, I don't think I have any vegans left. I did do some vegan bags that people asked me oh, that's for. That's nice. But yeah. they're they're made out of leather. They have a special lining to control the odor, and yeah, they have so a what, special so, odor. So what? So what? How do you make it smell proof? How does that work? What's it's it's this lining. So you oh, okay. can take and and as you know, Great. you know, like a, a, a J could be stinky, but what's really stinky is your pipe and stuff too. That's like, oh, that's yeah. not a absolutely pleasant, yeah. Right? Your chillum, your one hitters, exactly. Yeah, they stink. <laughs> So we've Thank made you. these so that it just keeps you <laughs> organized. You can throw stuff yeah. in there. There's special compartments and places so you don't lose your lighter. We were talking about that. Oh, you know, oh, yeah. yeah. the lighter belongs there. Um, we've each of the bags comes in about four to six different colors. You okay. know, so they're maybe red or rose gold or black or you know, so all pretty. Of, whatever's your style. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. the snake print. I love yep, that. The snake. python. And so really we designed them because we all have champagne tastes, you know, yes. uh, but this is like, it's not a beer budget, but I would say that it's a moderate, it's moderately priced. We call it affordable yeah. luxury category. That's so we it are. is we, like, like affordable luxury. luxury. Right. Women are it's like a coach, or like a uh, Rebecca Minkoff, maybe a yeah. little bit less expensive than those. And yeah. uh, so they can fit right into your handbag wardrobe, really. Absolutely. Um, and where, where yeah. are they sold? Where do you get them? Well, they've been online, uh, but I'm sold out of everything right now. I know you are. What am I going to do? Where are these made? Where do you have Uh, them? They're made in China, uh, and Mm -hmm. we need to go to the next level with them. In other words, now we need to 
we, we're looking for financing to take yep. the company further. We now know everybody loves them. We've sold mm. them out. You know, hey, know you know what? Get them. on Shark Tank. I would love to see you Wouldn't on that there. Be great? Pitch I think to I all of them. You know they're smoking weed. Mark Cuban, come on. Well, they've they've done some investing, <laughs> but they have. They didn't before let cannabis come. I think they've let um, CBD okay. on, but they, yeah. they they didn't. They banned cannabis in previous shows, but they'll probably come around. Well, if they can let yeah, like well, people, it's a bag. Make, you it's a bag. If you can hide a gun a in a bag, this is. <laughs> I just again. <laughs> Have you done any hemp products, or is there anything down the line? No, for? but I think hemp is really coming along. And I, I once mm -hmm. it's as luxurious as we want, and once you would like right. to have a bag in in uh, based on hemp, we'll make one then. You can do a hemp lining. Oh, well, no, but then that would defeat the whole purpose of the smell proof, right? Well, well it's actually go. the smell proof is between the the leather and oh. the lining of the bag. So you oh, know. okay. So I can do a hemp oh. lining because I've, I've made an apron out of hemp. I made a jacket. My daughter, my, my niece is a sewer and she made me a hemp <laughs> jacket. So, Excellent. Yeah, Very yeah. nice. And, all right. So say yep. the name of the company masks. again. Hemp mask. Oh, yeah. I make a lot of masks. I put a little oh my God. I need tag a on it mask. now. All right, so the name of the company again, name, and why so, is it your favorite thing? Well, we right. oh, oh, go ahead, you do, you go. Anyway, then we're gonna come back to you, Janine. Okay. This actually is all about you. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm, I'll just say the website again. It's AnnabisStyle.com, uh, cannabis without the C, and uh, AnnabisStyle.com, and she has mm -hmm. just such a beautiful collection, you know, high end bags, you know, much better than the. Uh, you know, the red, yellow, and green Rasta, you know, backpack, very, you know, male, you know, it has studs. This is, this is our vibe, We ladies. love this studs. Is, it's, this is our, these bags yeah. were like meant for me. I love it. Yeah, this is our vibe. So, all right. <laughs> so, uh, the link is in our notes and um, we'll make sure you get yes. it. All right. So, Janine. Yes, yes, yes. We have a few more minutes. I want to talk about your crisis management. What are you doing yes. there? I know you are connected to the 9-11 fund. This is your, yeah. um, your thing. So, so, well, yeah, I mean, at New York City, I handled lots of crises for New York City, and then I was recruited for September 11th fund, and that was a crisis communications job for, you know, 24-7 for the first year, and then tapered off a bit. So, I have a lot of expertise in that, and um, so when this, you know, when COVID hit, um, my business partner, who had also uh, worked with me on those projects, um, said, you know, it's time for us to you know, help people and, and tell them how they can communicate and what's important. And really what's important is people, right? Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we immediately jumped in and we said to our clients, you know, first, look at your stakeholders. Who are your stakeholders? Customers, employees, investors, you know, suppliers, people like that, vendors, retailers. And find out what their lives are like. Find out how they are and mm -hmm. what they're facing, and so you don't want to be communicating uh, to them uh, or trying to sell something to somebody right. who's, you know, uh, in crisis. So find out what the situation is, and then we can figure out how to communicate with them if you need. Yeah, so you have a coworker too. Mine's mine's uh, quieter, though, was meowing a little bit. Usually while Noodle shows up at any point during the podcast. We never know. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. Um, so anyway, it's being, you know, uh, businesses want to know, can I communicate? Can I still sell? Mm -hmm. You know, how, how do I talk about stuff besides COVID-19? I mean, we're all right. pretty COVID-19 fatigued at this point. So yes. that's what we're helping people doing because, you know, and how do you bring people back? How do you uh, help them know how to stay safe? How do you dispel fears and rumors? Mm -hmm. how, you know, so that's really what communications is a lot more than just putting out a press release or sending an email, right? Right. right. It's about totally. really 
knowing who Connecting. you're speaking to. And again, this is a yeah. unique, you know, uh, this is a, um, uh, it's a softer skill. You know, it's collaborate. Like I, I was a divorce attorney, so I was kind of, mm-hmm. I was a bitch. And I started doing collaborative <laughs> law at the end of it because you can actually talk to each other. And it's that the softer skills, the idea that you can actually talk to each other and um, use your words right. and not, yes. not always like, you know, righteous indignation is literally my favorite emotion. But <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But, you know, that we have to be looking out for each other again. Giving to people oh. is very selfish because it actually makes you feel good. So it shouldn't, shouldn't sure. be that hard for us. We should be able no. to talk to people and not really just to be, you know, how what you well, give is what you get or whatever. I think you made is, such yeah. a good point. You know, when I got uh, recruited to the September 11th fund, I was thrilled. I mean, mm-hmm. every single person in New York City wanted to do something to help after that right. tragedy. And of that's course. where it really hit me. Just I don't think I was all that philanthropic before that, to be honest. But when I when I saw and realized that I could make uh, other people's lives better, that I could connect them with stuff that they needed, that I could reassure them. I mean, I would get calls because we were working 24-7. I get calls at 11 yeah. o'clock at night of somebody who was in distress, and I would be able mm. to help them figure out what to do about it. It felt so great. And yeah. so I'm, that's what I've done ever since. I help, uh, I'm working with homeless youth out yeah. here in California now. And let me mm. tell you, I mean, they don't have a house to shelter in. So, so what I, about the, I got a, the homeless. I did homeless advocacy for years and years, and I've always said we cannot build ourselves out of this. This is a, something that we somehow we have to. Having people on the street is dangerous for everyone. It's dangerous That's right. for the people on the street, and it's dangerous for us, and especially families. Yeah. I work with families, yeah. so we have got. And I think again, it kind of comes back to the idea of traveling and seeing the world. I think Americans are a little sheltered. I've seen what it looks like. You've seen what it looks like, like places like India or Southeast Asia or places where poverty is at a different level than it is here, although we're mm. reaching it at this point. But mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, there was a lot of different ways for us to live as human beings and having people, America's a new country. We don't want to develop these habits that older countries have developed. And we do not want to have a population of people that lives outside on the streets. And we don't have to. And right. And, and they, yeah. we're finding places for people to live in now, which I find amazing because I've been in housing advocacy for like 30 yeah. years. And now all of a sudden we can find some places for people to live. Yeah, because yeah. Right. the will, it's the will and, it's, and right. it's hitting home. And so people are recognizing this is going to be dangerous for them and they just couldn't buy it before. But well, so I'm, mm-hmm. this is, by the way, yeah. the silver lining to crisis. Every yeah, crisis has I think a so. There's always yeah. good stuff that comes out, no matter how terrible the situation. And I think one of them may be finding solutions to homelessness. I agree um, with you. Uh, yeah, I, mm. there's a lot of a lot of empty buildings. We got a lot of you know it's expensive to build housing, but we have a lot of places that we can retrofit and we can provide subsidies. And I got a whole plan. After and a I lot of us youth, aren't going after, back to work. So yeah, that's what I mean. They got a lot of buildings. Yeah, right. Craziness. That's right. All right. So I want to save the world. But Powerful. Today, I think we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's um, one more time to say the name of your company. How people can get in touch with you um, if you're looking. But if you're planning anything that you want people to connect with in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Well, the, the, the company, we, co- we pronounce it Annaby because that's a fancy French way and we're fancy, oh, oh, Annaby. Sorry. We're fancy oh designers, Annaby. but it really is cannabis without the C. So <laughs> you're I'm so sorry. So, oh my God. No, you no, must no, have no, been no. cringing. No, I cringing. wasn't because uh, no, okay, we, we, we just, you know, so we call it, I call it Annaby, but, Annaby, but the, that sounds uh, very nice. It does I sound like very nice better. with the Annabis. And the URL. Annabis. Anabis, um, especially with my accent. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so my, I make everything. Was, 
my maiden name was Spielberger, and everybody used to call me Spielberger, and it was so much better. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love that. Like, like Tarjay. Tarjay. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so, um, the, uh, so it's, but it is um, cannabisstyle.com. And so <laughs> it's cannabis about the sea and style put together.com. And you also can find a way to contact me there too. My, you know, our uh, emails there. So if you have any ideas or thoughts and you, you want to share with me, you know, feel free. Or even if you want to ask about the crisis communications, we have okay. a firm for that called Outfront Solutions, which is okay. outfront.solutionsno.com. All right. And you okay. See what we're doing there. Okay. And that'll and, be, that'll be, everything will be in the show notes. So yeah. yeah. Okay, yes. great. And, yeah. um, you know, all I would say is that, you know, everybody can do something right now. We exactly. all do something. Um, we all have some skill, some capability to add to getting out of this situation. And it's good for all of us. It'll be great for you if you're not. Do something you can. And, and we, will, we will get through it. We will. We are going to get through it. And it's going to be different on the other side. And we're going to help create the future that's better. Right. So Exactly. Awesome conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. So again, for my guest, Janine Moss of Annabee <laughs> Style. <laughs> much better, much better. Oh my God, I pronounced everything wrong. Okay, for my Canada sister, Amy Searles, good seeing you today. I want to thank you too. I want to thank Josh Lampkin for writing and performing the Canamom theme music. Check out his notes in the end of the show. He's got a new band out. Our interns, Jamima and Grace, have been doing a great job. Our business oh, so team. So great. So great. Kelly Dolan of Retail <laughs> Results and Laurie Lennon of Think Incubator Media. Our attorney, Kim Kramer. And of course, Cannabis Creative Group. And mostly, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cannamom Show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry, one canna story at a time. Aim. I'm Amy Searles. Please follow us on social media at The Canamom Show. And you can go to our website, www.thecanamomshow.com. And please subscribe anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. We're there. We are there. And I am Joyce Gerber. This is The Canamom Show. And we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.